Hi, and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Yellow Submarine. Jan, do you want to tell us a little bit about this movie? I sure do. So, Yellow Submarine, also known as The Beatles' Yellow Submarine, <laughs> is a Beatles movie. It was released in 1968. It is an animated film directed by animation producer George Dunning. It stars the voices of... Da, 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 not the Beatles. What? I really thought, watching this and, you know, leading up to this, that the Beatles, of course, provided their own voices. But they don't. They provide the singing voices and they're in the very end live action part. But for the actual movie... The voice cast is John Clive as John, Jeffrey Hughes as Paul, Peter Batten as George, and Paul Angelus as Ringo and sometimes George. Dick Emery and Lance Percival also are in it. And it is a Beatles movie, but without the Beatles somehow. <laughs> um, Paul, will you tell us a little bit about the plot of Yellow Submarine, as much as there is one? There's a plot. There's totally a plot. <laughs> in the deep below the sea land of Pepperland. In the land where I was born. Everything is happy and idyllic until the blue meanies attack, turn people into stone, sort of, and stop them from having music. So, Fred, one of the Pepperland people, becomes the captain of the Yellow Submarine and flies it to Liverpool where he gets help from the Beatles who come back to Pepperland and scare off the Blue Meanies with the power of music. And that's the story of Yellow Submarine. Yes. And like, there's a I mean, in terms of plot, Pepperland was founded by Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band who look strangely like the Beatles. That's never really explained except in jokes. That's, you know, it's like an alternate universe, I guess. And also most of, I mean, obviously most of the movie is music videos, but most of the movie's running time is the journey from Liverpool back to Pepperland. Yeah, well, I'm seeing they have, they go through seven seas. Right. Sea of Time, Sea of Science, Sea of Monsters, Sea of Nothing, uh, Foothills of the Headlands, which I guess that's not technically a sea, <laughs> uh, Sea of Holes, and Sea of Green. All right. I maybe paid attention to the fact that there were seven of them. I didn't keep count while I was watching, but Me neither. that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. So objectively, how good of a movie is the Beatles' Yellow Submarine? This is a 50-year-old movie Yep, about the sure Beatles, is. and I don't, I don't think it would have survived this long and still been available to stream this many years later if it wasn't good. Right. However, I kind of feel like maybe it's good if you're doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should say... 
first, just in case there happens to be anyone who doesn't know. And second, to kind of say out loud what's obvious, this is an animated movie. We're calling it a kid's movie. It's, of the Beatles movies, the most child-focused. But it's still mostly music videos. It's very psychedelic in the art style. Mm -hmm. The art style is reminiscent of, like, uh, the Monty Python cartoons. Like, those... Yeah, absolutely. Very psychedelic, almost paper cut out style of animation. Mm -hmm. Most people are familiar with the art style of Yellow Submarine, but just in case you're not. Yeah. Um, so whether you're, whether we want to say that that is connected to the influence of drugs or not, it's certainly, this is not a movie that prioritizes narrative structure or rational connection between one idea and the next, or causality, or, like, everything about it is uh, psychedelic and um, surreal. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we talk about how good a movie it is, like, it isn't, it isn't a good faith argument to say, to critique it for good or bad, in terms of, like, how successful is it as a coherent narrative? Oh, definitely no. No. So, for what, But for what it is, I feel like it's good. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of humor in it that's kind yep. of typical Beatles humor. There is a lot of, like, interesting animation and visually really intriguing to watch yep. especially kind of from this distance of like it's 50 years later and so we're not interested as much these days in like just playing with around with animation like some of the, the moments i felt like this is like a bad slideshow this is like what you do when you're doing like i'm gonna put some arrows on the screen and like that isn't that cool but you know back then it was it was cool because you couldn't it was the first time people were doing that kind of thing. Yeah, for and sure. And so this whole experimenting just with the medium of animation was much more new 50 years ago. And so it's interesting to watch how that evolved into what we have today. And I think, like, technically the animation is noticeably very dated. And even, like, let, like, like let's just say the psychedelic rainbowy things, you can date it in the sense of it's easy to tell where it's from. Mm -hmm. But I think it is still uh, creative and uh, surprising and artistically interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Performances? Well, I mean, honestly, like I said in my introduction, I was shocked that it wasn't actually the Beatles. So I guess, to be honest, they're doing a bang-up job of sounding exactly like I think the Beatles should sound. <laughs> I have to say, like, there was a, uh, maybe it was just in the version that we watched, but there was a sound mixing issue. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the I don't dialogue, know if that was just Amazon or what. The dialogue was all too quiet. Mm -hmm. And that made me honestly think that it was the Beatles doing the dialogue and they're just not used to recording voiceovers for a cartoon and finding out that it's professional voice actors, like... Speak a little more into the mic and more clearly, please. Yeah, I'm not sure that... I think that was just the sound mixing. Right. Was just prioritizing soundtrack over dialogue. 
Yeah, I found it very difficult to to understand at some points. Because I don't remember. I've seen much of this movie before. I don't remember ever watching this movie from beginning to end before. Mm-hmm. Same have, here. So I don't know whether the sound mixing is usual for Yellow Submarine or whether it was just the specific version that we watched through Amazon. Mm-hmm. But whatever the reason, it was sometimes quite hard to hear the actors. Yeah. I thought, uh, as you already covered, like I thought in terms of the writing... The dialogue is an almost endless stream of puns, one-off jokes, and allusions to Beatles songs. Yeah, absolutely. Like basically every line is one of those three things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was re- it was good, yeah, funny as that. And then the last thing, I mean, it seems almost not even worth talking about, but let's actually talk about it if you're going to talk about yellow submarine how do you like the music of this movie jan (laughs) i mean it's the beatles it's fantastic it's i like the beatles and even like the reason we watched yellow submarine was because recently we purchased a new car and with that new car came satellite radio (laughs) free for a month and satellite radio has a Beatles station and so we were like, hey, let's start listening to the Beatles. And our kids, who barely knew who the Beatles were, got really into it. And we kind of, you know, talked about who they all were and their names and who's alive and who's not anymore. And they got super into it. And we and we get in the car and they're like, Beatles station, Beatles station. So we mentioned, we mentioned that they had made movies. And I noticed that Yellow Submarine is on Amazon Prime right now. So, um, we decided to watch Yellow Submarine. Yeah. And so it was really fun. We've been listening to a lot of Beatles lately, and so it was fun for the kids and for us, I think, to to hear the songs that we've heard on the radio recently and to hear some songs that maybe they hadn't heard before. I'm not sure that the kids knew Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. No, I don't think they did. Which is one of my favorites. I really like that song. Agreed. So... And like uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, they didn't know. Yeah, that too. Which is another really great song. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on record, maybe not on this podcast, but elsewhere as being a Beatles fan also. I had a friend, my best friend in high school was really into the Beatles. And before, in the late 90s, there was the one album came out and a real resurgence of Beatles popularity. And my friend... Uh, John was really into the Beatles before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I hung out with him, he, you know, had Beatles albums playing when we were hanging out in his house and he talked about the Beatles. And like, while we were friends, he discovered the Beatles and became a huge Beatles fan. <laughs> so when we first started being friends, he didn't have any particular feelings about them. And then he became like a really big Beatles fan. Anyway, so I was vicariously very... Uh, and you guys were John and Paul. I mean, come on. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so I I really like the music in this. There are some of my very favorite Beatles songs are in uh, this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, including, but not limited to, Lucy in the Sky, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and Hey Bulldog. All together now? All together now. I like it quite a lot. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd like it as much as those other three. Mm-hmm. 
I thought you mentioned that one before I was looking at it. Hey Bulldog is one of those songs that I think uh, doesn't get listed among the best Beatles songs, mm-hmm. but it's so much fun. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I likewise, like just on personal history with the Beatles. We, uh, I'm going to interrupt you to say, we've moved on to how did you enjoy this movie, I think. We definitely have, yes. So, how did you enjoy this movie? Yeah, carry on. Yeah. My personal just history with the Beatles, as you were saying, was... Likewise, there was some kind of something that happened in the 90s. There was like a documentary that came out. There was a new album. There was a big resurgence of Beatles in the 90s. And so that's when I discovered them in in high school. And in those days, of course, I had taped the Beatles special on VHS. (laughs) And then in order to get the songs, I would take my cassette tape and record off of the TV the different Beatles songs from the VHS that I had recorded. And so I had, um, for my Walkman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is the pain we went through, young kids. This is the pain. For my Walkman, I had a bunch of Beatles songs that were taped off of TV, some of which I only had half of because there was talking halfway through for the documentary. <laughs> so I think like... We were listening to Paperback Writer recently, and I really, really have memorized the first verse of Paperback Writer. And the next verse, I'm like, I just don't even know this verse at all. And clearly, (laughs) it's because I only had half the song on my tape. (laughs) But, you know, it's it's amazing these days that we can just, like, tune into a radio station, hear Beatles all the time. We can go online and just listen to them so the kids, like, can hear all the songs they want. Whereas I was limited to what I could tape off of the TV. All that being said, back to the movie at hand. This is my first time seeing Yellow Submarine. Mm-hmm. I've seen bits and pieces of it before, but never the whole thing beginning to end. And it is like hella weird. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the jokes. The jokes and the uh, puns were really good. But the psychedelic plot stuff just... Uh, sometimes it was a bit much. It felt like it dragged. Right. And I was like, okay, this is a bit much. So. And our kids, uh, got into it as it went along. Mm-hmm. But they had trouble with it at the beginning. They yeah. had trouble following what was happening. We had to, like, kind of stop it and be like, okay, if you're going to watch this movie, what matters is you like the songs and there's fun weird silly things happening on the screen and don't worry too much about trying to make sense of it and then they kind of enjoyed it yeah by the end of the movie they were both really yeah liked it that's true so how about you i think i liked it a bit more than you did Mm -hmm. uh hearing you say that i think there were moments when my experience of it was hampered by not being able to hear the dialogue very well. Mm, yeah. I think for me, actually, that's what it was. Other than that, I really enjoyed it. I thought the animation was really neat and interesting. I especially liked the Sea of Monsters. Mm-hmm. That was great. I loved that part. And the part in the Sea of Nowhere where they're marching along and, like, the colors are going around behind them. Mm-hmm. Um... I didn't think that it dragged. I did think there's like a whole 
few gags of like John Lennon is hilariously intellectual and everyone rolls their eyes at him and I was both times was like the things he's saying are like so not very smart (laughs) (laughs) what's happening John well in my humble opinion we've become involved in Einstein's time space continuum theory oh I yeah good call (laughs) but that's fine yeah um I really like the songs especially as I said, the ones I already named, I really liked the movie. I liked it. I would watch it again mm-hmm. sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen... I really... I have seen Hard Day's Night a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I've seen probably all of Yellow Submarine, but never beginning to end like this before. And I don't think... I've never seen Help. Mm. See, I've seen Help a couple of times, and I really liked it when I was a teenager. It was like one of my favorites. I don't think I've seen Hard Day's Night. Hmm. But I would like to see Help again. And when I looked for it, like, I couldn't seem to find anywhere that streams it or sells it or whatever. So I don't know if that's coming up. This Yellow Submarine came out in 68. So this is the 50th anniversary of it back in July. So I'm guessing that's why it's streaming lately. Mm -hmm. It's also the better of all of them. And Help is not that great. Yeah. It's really... It's very Austin Powers. Like, uh, when Austin Powers is making fun of a movie, it's kind of making fun of Help. Or <laughs> Help is like Austin Powers in that it's making fun of spy movies as well, is what right. I connect it to. Okay. But I can, So I can see where people don't like it, but there's really funny moments in it. Um, but back to the, like, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the quotes from Yellow Submarine. Can we just, like, talk okay, about I the funny I think this quote, is the appropriate time. Parts of it that, like... Just all the puns when Ringo, like, gets shot full of arrows, <laughs> and he's like... How was it, Ringo? Arrowing. You know, harrowing, but it sounds like arrowing because of his accent, and... Yeah, that was a good one. It, I mean, it's all Ringo, but, like, I wonder what will happen if I pull this lever. Oh, you mustn't do that. Oh, I can't help it. I'm a born lever puller. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if I pull this lever. You mustn't do that. Can't help it. I'm a born lever puller. It's Liverpooler. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one too. I liked the one where like... uh, There's a school of whales. Hey, look, they're a bit old for school. University, then. University of Wales. Well, they look like dropouts to me. (laughs) They look like dropouts to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Or, ooh, ooh. Can I say my favorite one? Yeah. My favorite, also in the Sea of Monsters, is, hey, there's a Cyclops. Can't be, it's got two eyes. Uh, I guess it's a Bicyclops. Hey, there's a Cyclops. Can't be, he's got two eyes. That must be a Bicyclops. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. There's also, they're going back in time and they're like, maybe time is on strike. Maybe time's going on strike. Before. Shorter hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so there's a lot of funny good quotes in it um i don't even know how we're gonna do this but let's just get into the way way, way about yellow submarine all right what do you want to take way too seriously about yellow submarine i mean i don't even know there's one specific part i want to call out right away which is 
he's uh, Ringo gets shot full of arrows by an engine, yeah. and he's like chased by a very racist caricature. And there, so like he. I mean, we should say everything is monsters. So, like the whales aren't whales. The engine is like a kind of a monster, but it is a monster that is obviously alluding to racist stereotypes. Yeah, of exactly. First Nations people, especially as depicted on film. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's, like, the only real time there's this kind of thing, like, comes out of nowhere and it's like, really? Come on, guys. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. The other thing to kind of, I think, get out of the way, is there a female speaking part in this entire movie? No. I don't think so, right? No, there's zero. There's zero women in this entire movie. Yeah. And, like... I just want to call that out. I don't feel like we need... I feel like our conversation about that's going to be boring if mm-hmm. we belabor it. But this is... Every person in this movie is male. They're mostly the Beatles, but not only. Mm-hmm. Other than that, those are the like places we often go when we take a movie way too seriously. The thing that people take too seriously about yellow submarine uh and this also i feel like is kind of a boring conversation but let's at least address it and if it's boring we're not talk about it too long is lucy in the sky with diamonds specifically and the whole movie in general as a drug reference especially in a movie for kids is it for kids well that's a good question too i feel like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds being like it stands for LSD is fairly like whatever. It could, it couldn't. It's a picture his daughter drew or it isn't. It's, or his daughter's friend, his son's friend drew or whatever. It's, or it stands for LSD. You know, there's there's definite drug reference in Beatles songs. And it's very documented that they did do drugs. Yep. Um this style is in the style of psychedelic art which is influenced by LSD those go hand in hand yep with psychedelic art but whether that makes it inappropriate for children or inappropriate for people who don't do drugs is very up for debate so let's debate it is this movie a children's movie to begin with i think yes It's intended that way? I think so. Okay. I think like a lot of the movies that we watch and talk about and kind of like this secret uh, central thesis of this entire podcast, there are no children's movies. Any children's movie that's good enough for children is also good enough for adults. Yes. Um, So the fact that it's a children's movie doesn't and shouldn't mean that only children can watch it. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, if you think about, except for possibly the drug references, which we'll get back to, it's a very family-friendly movie. There's not a lot of frightening scenes. There's not a lot of violence. It's confusing for kids, but it's confusing for adults, too. And once you, any kid, like our kids, you say, like... Don't worry about it. Just go with it. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like it was designed and intended to be a movie that would be appealing to children. Yeah, that is true. You're right. Absolutely. And I 
I think it was designed to be appealing to children, and I am positive that it was designed not to be alienating to children. Mm, Yeah, I feel like it was designed to appeal to Beatles fans. Yeah, that too. So it's for people who like the Beatles to go to like capitalize on that. But I guess that's children and adults like in this in 68. Yeah. I I just think like a lot of the ref, the allusions to other Beatles songs are uh like little quick jokes thrown in for adults. Like even a lot of the puns come by so quickly that some of them the kids won't get but yeah. pick a children's movie where that isn't true that's worth watching yeah exactly we say that a lot but a lot of children's movies that we enjoy that pro- aspect of them and i'd say from a marketing perspective this has got to be equal parts uh hey let's make something else for beatles fans to buy and also hey let's make something so that kids become beatles fans yeah yeah you're right you know don't you think yeah that's a good call. I didn't think of that aspect of it. That let's make something that so kids can become Beatles fans. So having said all of that, is this movie about drugs? And if it was, would that make it inappropriate for kids? I feel like since it's not explicitly, it's not like, let's show them shooting. I don't know how you take LSD. <laughs> <laughs> You snort your LSD, smoking an LSD doobie. With a giant bong. Anyway, (laughs) none of the, there's not like paraphernalia in this movie. I'm so straight laced. And, uh, and so like, who cares? They're not sitting around smoking their, their LSD cigarettes. Yeah. It's like, I mean, there are plenty of cartoons these days that I feel like are very, kind of for people who are high like your adventure times your regular shows your certain shows like that that are on that are on for kids that appeal to young adults and all and really appeal to young adults who are on the marijuana (laughs) can i so my opinion is quite similar to yours i'm kind of pushing this because it's the conversation that people have about this movie but Mm -hmm. i don't think you said it, uh, psychedelic art uh, rises at the same time as LSD, but I don't think that means that having arisen, they have to go hand in hand. And in fact, the point of psychedelic art is that it's art that is uh, supposed to expand your mind in the same way that hallucinogenic drugs do. Yes. So in that sense, psychedelic art is something that is an alternative Mm-hmm. to drugs not only like definitely people who make psychedelic art aren't trying to get people off of drugs yeah. but uh i also totally think you're exactly right that whether it is um connected to hallucinogenic psychedelic drugs or not there's nothing explicit there's nothing clear there's nothing encouraging uh, drug use in children even subtly mm-hmm. right yeah exactly and in fact i will take a trippy psychedelic rainbow art movie over my cartoon character having bloodshot eyes and going <laughs> a yeah. million times yeah exactly like psychedelic art is interesting mm-hmm. pot jokes are boring yeah 
True story. I'm putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Whether you spell it out or not, like seeing a cartoon character be high on pot is the most lazy, boring, stupid joke, and I never enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, a psychedelic, trippy experience is interesting whether you're interested in drugs or not. Yeah. And like you, I'm super straight-laced and like, you know, what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should go get some acid and find out whether this movie's better. That sounds like a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) While our kids are sleeping in the next room. Exactly. (laughs) Do, should a movie follow a narrative structure? Like I said, you shouldn't judge this movie based on how closely it adheres to narrative structure. But like, well, should you though? If it's well done and doesn't have a narrative structure, then no. It does have a narrative structure. It just has a confusing narrative structure where things don't necessarily follow causality. I feel like with our other podcast that is about the TV show Legion that is extremely psychedelic, that we can give our kids this movie as like a gateway drug. I mean, not drug. (laughs) Bad. Um, As like a a gateway to psychedelic art so that eventually someday they can watch Legion and understand it better. That maybe an introduction to this kind of art is a good thing for kids to experience, our kids or any kids. I mean, and that's maybe another way to take this movie too seriously is I actually think that... uh, it's important to give kids an artistic education. Mm-hmm. And when I say an artistic education, I mean, I want them to know what Van Gogh looks like. But I also mean, I want them to know about psychedelic animation. Mm-hmm. And it also means I want them to recognize, I want them to not necessarily recognize, like I'm not going to quiz them on it, but I want to expose them to Arvo Part and Fleetwood Mac. Right? Mm-hmm. Give them a sense of musical and visual and filmic and literary, the richness of the art that's out there because um, that kind of familiarity or comfort with a whole range of art styles gives them so much more artistic options. Mm-hmm. You can just you can really discover what you like and respect even things you don't like. Mm-hmm. Where like I may not my taste may not be for what have you <laughs> choose a thing. Elvis. Uh, what? Elvis. Yeah, Elvis is a great example. Elvis is not my taste. But if I didn't know anything about uh mid 20th century music popular music i might be tempted to say like uh to that that's garbage or whatever but knowing something about it means that i can respect what's going on i can understand what people find appealing i can see the influences and it doesn't mean i have to be like hooray elvis he's my favorite Mm -hmm. in the same way like i don't really care whether our kids like the beatles yeah but i do care whether they know the beatles Mm -hmm. right and same with, like, psychedelic art movement. You don't have to like psychedelic art. But you should know what it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. 
I mean, I'm saying right as if I'm trying to persuade you, but we've had this conversation before and <laughs> I know that we're on the same parenting We are. Wavelengths. Yeah, and I think those are, this is a really good point and a good thing to bring up to about parenting in general. I just realized another thing to talk about about this movie, just as a, on a serious note when I was watching it, there's a moment where they're going forward in time and they all grow big, long... Oh gray beards and like get old thing when I'm 64 and to realize that only two of them got to turn 64. I mean, John Lennon was shot in 1980, so he died very young, but even George Harrison was only in his fifties when he died yeah. and in 2001. And so only Ringo and Paul have got to make it to 64. And that's kind of sad. It when is. you think about these men, like they were not, that old when they were recording this stuff and they definitely thought they were going to make it to 64. Yeah. But they didn't. I'm feeling a little sad about John Lennon lately. Yeah. Because our kids asked if the Be- what Beatles were alive and I had to be like, not only like is John Lennon not around anymore, he was shot and it was, it cut short a very amazing artist's life. When I was a kid, I wasn't a kid. When I was a teenager... I always liked the Beatles, liked Paul the best and John the least of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Paul, Ringo, George, John. Uh, Ringo, because for, I like Ringo for the same reason that you like oatmeal raisin cookies. Because, like, poor Ringo. He's the sad sack of the Beatles. And, like, they really were not good until he joined them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but in my adulthood, I recognized more the like I, I i wouldn't deny anymore the enormous talent mm-hmm. of john lennon even though i still kind of like i feel like as a person i don't think i would like him much mm-hmm. but i used to kind of feel like oh, paul was the good one when like john mm. was pretty amazingly yeah. talented person he's very talented yeah our kids are trying to figure out what they feel about the individual Beatles. Our, <laughs> our one daughter is like, so wait, wait, what's George's last name again? <laughs> like she's trying to, she wants to get a handle on who are in the Beatles. <laughs> it's very fun George to watch. George Starr, no, Paul Harrison, <laughs> Ringo Lennon, John McCartney. Do you have... A song you could uh, call your favorite Beatles song? I really like All My Lovin'. Mm-hmm. Even though it's very early on in the Beatles' career. I could quite enjoy that one. I do really like All Together Now. Mm-hmm. When I was a teenager, it was I was all about Yesterday and Strawberry Fields. And I think it's funny mm-hmm. how, like, oh, that maudlin teenage years when like <laughs> yesterday all my troubles seem so far away and I'm like you knew nothing of troubles teenage Jan <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I felt it in my heart <laughs> yeah. I went to Strawberry Fields we did a uh, Strawberry Fields in New York mm-hmm. we did a band trip in high school with my high school band I played the flute uh and some of us went to Strawberry Fields mm-hmm. and like there were just a handful of us who it's weird how like there were a handful of us who were really into the Beatles and a handful and then 
other people who were like, I guess I could name a Beatles song. Yeah. <laughs> the way high schoolers are. Mm-hmm. Teenagers are about past culture. So what's your favorite Beatles song? Probably We Can Work It Out. Mm, yeah. I also am a really like Get Back and uh, the aforementioned... I mean, I like the later, the psychedelic ones, Strawberry Fields and I'm the Walrus and uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds mm-hmm. a lot. But I think We Can Work It Out is probably my very favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like You've Got to Hide Your Love Away. Oh, that's a good one. It's a really good one. Flute solo. It has a flute solo? It has a flute solo. There you go. Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. Is this movie good? Is it seriously good? It's good. It's good. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> it's rating on uh, IMDb is seven stars out of ten. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. We don't do stars in this podcast. <laughs> I know we don't. But just to give a sense of like, it's solidly good, but I don't think, and it has stood the test of time, mm-hmm. but just on its merits as a movie, I don't think it's outstanding. Yeah. But I do think it's good. I think it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I like it more than you do. Yeah. Is it seriously good? I guess. Like it's not, it seems so almost seriously neutral or rather, like, it's not seriously good, right? No. And the reason it's not seriously good, in my opinion, is first for the things we mentioned, like there's no women in it, there's no people of color in it, there's an uh, uninterrogated ethnic slur. But also, I feel like I don't think this movie is seriously good for the same reason that the Beatles themselves aren't seriously good. Mm, And that's like connected to why I don't like John Lennon as a person, Mm -hmm. frankly, specifically that like you sing your song about all you need is love, but I know that you're physically abusive to your wife. Yeah, exactly. So your all you need is love is hollow. Mm -hmm. Right. And I can't not know that. And when I watch the Beatles and like watch Yellow Submarine and like you can solve meanness by music and how all you need is love. And you're like, no, though. Yeah. It takes more than that. And it's the moral perspective of the Beatles in general and of this movie is facile. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, the Beatles went down in flames, really. Like they broke up and stop speaking to each other and things like that and so like all you need is love all you need is love and it's like it's so typical of like all you need is love i love all of humanity but i hate the person that i used to write songs with mm-hmm. right like work on the person that you know you can't love your abstract neighbor if you are incapable of loving the person who's right next to you mm-hmm that's not easier it's harder to love someone you've never met yeah so i'm i don't think that said like facile isn't bad isn't actively harmful in my judgment what do you think no i think i do do question like i don't think i want to rate this seriously good no it's it just can't it just can't fall into that category of the movies we rate on this podcast so i think that it has to be like seriously medium just because it's just kind of a medium movie yeah. all around. 
Like maybe it's just, it's medium and seriously medium and that's the way it is. Like, I, I mean, you think it's good? I think it's good and seriously medium. I'd be willing to be talked down to medium good mm-hmm. and medium. Okay. Medium good, seriously medium. All right. The Yellow Submarine. Well, if you want to let us know what's your favorite Beatles song or why you always liked the Rolling Stones better, like that's an argue, that's a rivalry that has seems irrelevant now, doesn't it? Sure does. Um, if you say you want to explain to us why you don't listen to any music older than 2012, uh, feel free to. You can find us on Twitter at WTSCast. We'd love to hear what you have to say and we'll talk back to you. You can send us an email if you have more to say, way too seriously cast at gmail.com. We also have a presence on Facebook and Reddit, and you can find us there, and the links are in the show notes. If you like this show, rate it, review it, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell the people who you're in a band with, even if you don't normally talk to them, by writing a song about it. (laughs) And if you want us to keep making podcasts, keep us afloat by supporting us on Patreon patreon.com slash clockworkscast where you can donate a dollar or anything you want and it'll mean that we can afford to keep doing stuff i just want to mention something i've mentioned before which is if you're listening to this movie in like two weeks or three years or whatever still give us feedback we still want to hear from you even if we've forgotten what we've said I still want to hear your thoughts on Yellow Submarine, and I want to hear your favorite Beatles song. Just tweet it at us with no context. Yeah, that or would your be least fine. favorite, too. Oh, yeah, that, too. That definitely would be fun. Revolution number nine. What? <laughs> really? No? No. What's your least favorite Beatles song? Any of the, like, one, re- of, the fr- one of the forgettable ones? Yeah, exactly. Or any of the, like, really psychedelic ones? Actually, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of I'm the Walrus. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, there's like forgettable ones, and then there's ones that like I actively kind of don't like, and I think I'm the Walrus is one of those. Wow. Yep. That's fine. I don't care. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> so get back to us, blah, blah, blah. We were signing out, and then I brought us back into conversation. I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And I have a clue for you. The Walrus was me. (laughs) 